good whenever you're ready. You don't know when you see it's missing, you know where it went. <laughs> I was really bored. And you were like, I didn't tell the world about my cat. Well, I thought about it. But then I thought, imagine driving home, because it's like a 45 minute drive with my dog and that cat in the car. It wasn't going to work. Plus, I'd get home and I wouldn't have anything to do with it because Lauren would like, I think it, that was like the community cat there. They were like, oh, he, he jumps in everyone's cars all the time. He just just crawls right in. I was like, it's a problem. <laughs> it's a real problem. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like a country cat. Because it's kind of like a, it was like a field out behind the building with horses and everything. So, yeah. All right. Sorry for being late. It's okay. It's okay. I uh, woke up like two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I don't live very far away. Um, so, I'm Allie, uh, Riley's cousin, sister, sister-in-law, cousin. <laughs> That's it. Basically, there's a lease in the back, too. Where? Oh, <laughs> cousin. <laughs> um, but I've also been a part of this group for... I don't know how many weeks now, and it's been really fun um, just to see all the different people teaching, and so I'm, I'm grateful to be able to teach. Um, I used to teach the high school group, but it's been a while now, so I am really nervous, um, but I'm really excited too. It's always really fun to be able to just kind of dive into the Word and share with other people um, what you get out of it and then also see what they get out of it because oftentimes you miss things or you just don't see things and so it's just it's a good time it's a good discussion and so today's is going to be pretty relaxed but uh, we're just going to look at a character in the bible that i really admire and it's jonathan um, david's best friend um, and kind of look at their relationship and what their friendship looks like and how we might be able to learn from that as we move forward with our relationships um, but I want to make a point here that I'm not trying to um, put down any sort of friendship that you might have with a non-believer, and I'm also not trying to get you to look at your friend's friendship towards you and be like, they need to be doing this better, they need to do that better. Um, this is more for yourself, because um, I don't want us to become more judgmental of our friendships that people are giving us. This is so that we might be able to grow spiritually. Um, and then together as our like we look at each other and the friendships that maybe we're giving each other maybe we can grow as well um okay so we're gonna be primarily in first samuel so if you want to go ahead and just like get yourself ready Good friendships. So go. What do you see? A good listener. 
consequences of these situations. Um, and that happens every time you enter into a friendship with someone. 
is that you do give a little bit of yourself and they give a little bit of themselves and you, you foster a relationship in which you're, you're working together and hopefully for a common goal, and that'll be something we look at, but um, all these different things about you are gonna be kind of working together. Um, so yeah, so what do we know about Jonathan? Well, what we're gonna be reading is gonna be um, during a time when the Israelites um, have finally gotten into the Promised Land and they've demanded that, uh, that the Lord give them a king. So they looked around and they saw all the nations around them. And before then, the, the Levites, um, the, the priests would, you know, they would perform sacrifices for the Lord and uh, that would be their way of communicating with him and that would have been their way of governing the whole congregation. Um, but they decided that they wanted a king. And so God appointed Saul to be their king. And he was a really good looking dude. He, he had all the different um, criteria that you'd want in a king, um, but he didn't love the Lord. He, he eventually moved away from the Lord. Um, and so at this point, God is saying, I'm gonna choose someone else. And so Saul is king at this moment, but uh, Jonathan is his son. So he would have been the son of a king. And then David is quite the opposite. He would have been, he was a shepherd when he's introduced. Um, he shepherds his, uh-huh. <laughs> 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 that, I think, is the eraser. Uh, <laughs> Zipper. David was a shepherd. He would have shepherded his father's field. Is it A-R? No, it's B-R. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Uh, <laughs> but not only was he a shepherd, but he wasn't the oldest male in his family, so he wasn't even the firstborn. Um, so he he's very important to the story, but if you just kind of look at him and his life originally, it would have looked kind of dull because that was kind of one of the lowly jobs that you could have, um, especially even, you know, when, when Christ is born and they, like, you know, the shepherds are the first one on the scene. It's surprising because they just weren't, they weren't that cool. Um, so he's a shepherd, but then later he will become actually one of, one of the generals in the king's army. Uh, so he kind of moves up. And the, the people begin to really love him because of so, he's so successful. Um, and then later he becomes the king's son-in-law because the king allows him to marry one of his daughters. So then he's a son-in-law to the king. Um, and then eventually we know that he'll become king. That kind of gives you some background on you know, where these men come from. So we're going to talk now about their character. Um, so I think that you see their character. Well, if you read the Psalms, you would know a lot about David's character. But as far as in this story of 1 Samuel, uh, you see his character a lot in uh, verse 26 of chapter 17. Uh, when he's fighting Goliath. 
this man was 10 feet tall and David was a young boy and he wasn't clothed in any sort of armor because it was too heavy for him. So you know, he needed to go to the gym a little more often, but he didn't. <laughs> uh, but he had immense faith in Christ or in God. But more than that, he had a respect and a fear for the Lord. And so when he saw the Philistine taunting the Lord, uh, he stood up and said, who is this guy? Why does he feel as though he can taunt the Lord? Like he should be running in fear from the Lord. And why are you all not standing up for the Lord? Um, and so he says in 26, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Um, so he's just kind of, uh, you know, he's amazed that, that these people are not, you know, more, more, you know, I don't know, annoyed is probably not the word, but he, he's like, why are we not standing up against this guy? What does he have that our God can't overthrow him? Um, and so I think that that just points to immense faith that he has. So not only is he brave and he has lots of courage, but I think a lot of that comes from his faith. He also says that in order to protect his sheep, he fought lions and bears. So he does have some skill. Um, okay, what's that? I said I just feel like I can't just take the sheep. Hi. Yeah. Hi. You can have whatever you want. Yeah. Go, oh, David. Great job. Yeah, it's funny when he talks about it too. He's like. Yeah, there were these lions and bears. I just, I just stuck them down. <laughs> like, okay. Um, okay. So now we're gonna we're gonna look at Jonathan, um, and he also had some success uh, as far as in um, battle. I think that's also where you see his uh, faith and his strength come out. Um, so in this situation, there were lots of Philistines, and they were overnumbered and overpowered, and he was standing over here off to the side with his arm bare, and he was like, so what are we going to do? And he was like, well, there's the two of us. We'll just go over there, and we'll, we'll try to attack them. Like, That's a good idea, right? <laughs> uh, but so he goes, he kind of sneaks up on them. You know, they can't really see him. And then finally they do, and he goes, if they, tell, if they say they're going to come over here, then we know we're not going to win. Because the God said, because God said so. But if they say come over here, then we're gonna win. But he has this absolute faith in the fact that if that happens, then God is gonna protect him. Um, and so I don't know if he had some sort of communication with God, or if he just trusts that the Lord is with him in battle. And so if they if they're saying come here, then he's gonna come, and the Lord's gonna be with him. Um, but the Lord is with him, and so he moves forward with his arm bearer and. It's just two guys, and they take out a bunch of men, and then the Lord actually starts an earthquake on the rest of the camp and scares all of them. And then uh, the rest of the army is able to come in and attack, and they have a successful victory. Um, so again... Is the arm bearer kind of like his caddy, but for swords? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> That's sure what I thought, but I was like, I just want to make sure that was about. I don't know for sure, but he might have had more training sure, than that. Probably. But I'm sure that he wasn't quite on the same level. Um, yeah. But he would have had someone assigned to him, especially because he was a general. So, yeah. Um, so he also has immense faith in the Lord. 
And he's also brave. And some might argue that he's not so smart, but I think he's smart. He definitely knew when to turn back. So there is, a, there is an aspect of having you know, spiritual wisdom. You know, he didn't say, we're going to do it, and if the God's, if the God's not with us, then we're just going to go. No, he said, like, you know, let's trust in the Lord that he'll take care of us if this is his will. Um, all right, so we're going to move on now. Any questions, comments? Good job. Yeah. We, haven't really, <laughs> we haven't really gotten to the questions yet, sorry. <laughs> uh, sometimes the best way to learn something is just to read a story, I think. So that's kind of what we're doing. Um, all right, so now we're going to look at their situations. So like I said, um, David was going to become the king. And so that might seem a little bit odd, but because of the way that Saul was acting towards the Lord, he was, so he would go into battle um, preparing to try to win. And when God wouldn't show up, even though God was there, he would say, don't do this or don't do this. Um, Saul would do whatever he wanted. And so he basically fell out of favor with the Lord because he didn't desire that relationship with him. Um, he didn't actually want to trust in him. And so uh, God loved his people, and he wanted them to be you know, ruled by someone who loved them. And so he decided that someone else was going to take his place. And Samuel, who was the prophet at the time, knew that that person was going to be David. And Saul could tell that it was also going to be David. You know, he, he feared David because of that. Um, and so David quickly found himself in a hostile situation. He was invited into Saul's home. He actually married his uh, Saul's uh, daughter. But while David was playing the harp for Saul, Saul threw a spear at him, and he uh, he chased him out of his home. And he, you know, Saul kind of like tricked him into inviting him, and then quickly drove him out. Um, so David found himself in a very hostile situation in which he was running for his life. But he was also given a great promise. So I would say he, he was in a hostile situation running for his life, but he also had this immense hope and a promise that God had given him. Well, it says that he kind of like dodged it, right? Like he kind of like, like, yeah. <laughs> He likes she. He likes she. He took the lines. He's perfect in every way. He's perfect in every way, but the king is trying to kill. Well, yeah, that is. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that later. But that is a a, a huge factor, I think, in their relationship. Mm -hmm. you know, he, David was pretty cool. He was. I mean, everyone really loved him, and people loved Jonathan. I mean, the armies really loved him too. But he was supposed to be king, right? Mm -hmm. Um, he was supposed to be a king, but God said no. 
and he said David was going to be. So as we look through that, keep that in mind. Um, um, all right, so yeah, the situation. Jonathan, like we were talking about, was, was supposed to be king, but now he's going to be second, and he knows that. Uh, he can tell that you know his, his father is going down the wrong path, and um, so all right, going to be second. So he's found himself in a situation in which he can either uh, decide to be in line with his father, he can decide to you know, do these evil things with his dad, um, to chase after glory and fame and money and wealth, or he can love his friend enough that he's going to give it all. Um, and we'll actually let me find it real quick. Um, we'll find that he doesn't really waste a moment in giving to David. Uh, in chapter 18, it says, uh, this is after David had spoke to Paul or to Saul for the first time after he defeated Goliath. It says, Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So he very early on makes this promise to David that he's going to be his friend, that he's going to look out for him. And so at this point when David is running and, and Saul is chasing him or Saul is throwing things at him, David has to make a decision, or Jonathan has to make a decision Am I going to stand by this friend who I said I was going to take care of, this friend that I have given my clothing to, who I have, you know, protected, who I've knit my soul with? Um, I don't know if any of you guys have friendships that you feel like you've really invested yourself in that much, um, not just, like, by your actions or your words, but just by feeling like you really, really love them. Um, but I hope so, and it might help you understand, you know, the, the level of friendship that they had committed to one another. Um, so... You know, at this point, he's got to make that decision whether or not he's going to be second, whether or not he's going to accept his situation that God has presented him with. Um, and he does. So, not to be a spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but that's the intensity of their friendship. I think it's, I don't know, pretty intense. Um, so now we'll look at the consequences of their decisions. You know, what, because any time that we enter into a friendship and we're approached with a situation and then we make a decision about that friendship, there are consequences to that decision, right? I'm sure you can think of any time where you've decided to act selfishly against a friend and there were consequences because of that. Or you decided that you were going to be giving towards a friend and there were consequences and maybe the consequences were good consequences. Um, but, and maybe you gave and it didn't go the way you thought it was going to and it was actually a bad thing. So... Um, I think it's kind of interesting how, what happens here for them uh, because because of David's situation, like we said, he's uh, chased after by Saul out of Saul's jealousy. So the consequences for David is, you know, because he listened to the Lord, because he trusts in the Lord, he's still running. And he's now no longer live in. He's no longer living in you know wealth, and you know he's no longer with his wife. Uh, he had to leave her. Um, 
Um, and then Jonathan, whose consequences is that actually his father ends up kind of disliking him. And um, I don't know if he necessarily disowns him because he still has his position within uh, the army and everything. But uh, let me find it. So at the point at which Jonathan actually helps David escape from Saul, this is what Saul says when he's angry at Jonathan. He says, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, you shall not be established, nor your kingdom. Now therefore send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. And Jonathan answered Saul, his father, and said to him, Why should he be killed? What has he done? Then Saul cast a spear at him to kill him, by which Jonathan knew that it was determined by his father to kill David. Uh, so Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food in second day, uh, ate no food the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father treated him shamefully. Um, and so in this moment, you see that, that Saul has basically rejected Jonathan and said, I'm ashamed of you. Um, how could you do this? And... I think that's it'd be reasonable to feel that way, except for the fact that Saul is living so um, against, you know, he's not living righteously. Um, so, but we see here that, that Jonathan says, you know, why are you treating him like this? Why are you um, acting this way towards someone who's done nothing wrong to you? Um, and so he has established his friendship in David. He's decided that he's going to be second. Um, and so the consequences of that is that his father, you know, throws a spear at him, actually. And so now his anger is no longer at David only, it's also at Jonathan. So. And also, he's not going to be king. And that was Saul's, you know, that was kind of the thing that he threw at Jonathan, right? He was like, no, you're not going to have a kingdom. And, so, and Jonathan was like, but David did anything wrong. So, again, his mindset is not on the kingdom. It's on David. Um, all right, so last, the results. Because you can't just leave it at David running from home and Jonathan's dad is angry at him. There's actually a very happy ending. Um, and that's that David does become the king. And can anyone tell me the significance of that? Why would that matter? Why would these two men work so hard to get David on the throne? Why would God want these two men to become friends so that Jonathan could help David escape um, so that the Israelite army could be strong. Like, why Why would that need to happen? Yes, because it's prophesied that uh, in, you know, in Genesis 22, it says, through Abraham's offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Um, Numbers 24, 17 says, a star will come out of Jacob. Uh, Isaiah 11, 1 says a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, who is David's father. Second um, Samuel 7, 12 through 13, when God is talking to Samuel, says, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. He's talking about 
the kingdom of David through Jesus Christ. So he's talking about Jesus Christ's kingdom is going to be established forever through David. Um, and so there's lots of prophecy. And so if Jonathan had decided, obviously God does what he wants and his will is going to happen no matter what. So I can't say that if Jonathan hadn't you know, loved David, then the Messiah wouldn't have been born because I don't know that that would have happened. But um, just strictly speaking, based off of what we know, he was a huge part in David's success. Um, so some key things that we can learn. First of all, any questions or comments from that? I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but I was just thinking when David like, um, when David like had his moral failure with the dude with Bathsheba, was Jonathan still his friend at that time? No. Because Jonathan died before David actually ascended to the throne. Okay. Um, so I think David would have, like, as soon as Jonathan um, died, then David was kind of starting to get followers. He was, you know, wandering. Or he was not wandering, but he was kind of out um, in the wilderness hiding from Saul. But he started gaining followers. And then um, I think once David actually established his throne in the kingdom, then uh, Jonathan would have already passed away. So I think so interesting to see, like, that friendship would have based on a challenge yeah 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 how, what did Jonathan like why did he die so was, was he died early or is he older than David I think that I don't know how old David was but I think Jonathan was like 30 when they met and so I think Jonathan was older okay. Yes. Yeah, he did. Oh. Yeah, I should have. Oh I should have mentioned that. That is part of Jonathan's <laughs> results. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't write his results. <laughs> okay. Well, sorry, I didn't write his results. <laughs> but he does. Well, he does die. He uh, he. Eventually. Yes. Uh, he dies in our or in battle. Dies in battle, um, but it's important to note that he dies an honorable death. Um, Any time that someone dies in battle, but they're serving their country, it's an it's an honorable death. Um, so I I encourage you not to um, look at this as as like a like he gave up everything for his friend, and why why didn't God you know bless him? Well, he, he certainly did. He blessed him with a, a fantastic friendship and also the opportunity to serve his country, to, to serve his friend, um, and to serve, serve the line of David leading down to the Messiah. Um, and I don't think that Jonathan would have had any regrets. I don't want to say that because I don't know. But what he, what he was doing was for the Lord and for his friend. And so he didn't really, I, I don't think at one point he said, well, wait a minute. Like, there's literally no scripture that says, wait a minute, why don't I get to be king? He doesn't ever once, you know, question that. Um, so, I wouldn't assume that he was, like, extremely injured. Did he probably want to live? Sure. Um, but he had faith in the Lord, you know? So where is he probably now? Heaven, with the Lord. Living probably, like, pretty nice. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, any other questions? That was really good. Sean Johnson is. Yeah. Okay, so she's a gymnast, right? Um, she's an Olympic gymnast, and she's also a mom, so I follow her because her daughter's like the same age as Luke, and it's really cute. That's beside the point. Um, so a while ago, she released a video, and it's called "I Am Second. Have you guys seen it? 
So it's about um, her relationship with the Lord and when and when she decided to give up gymnastics. So she got um, a silver medal in whatever whatever activity at the Olympics that she was supposed to be getting first, um, supposed to be getting gold, and her friend got gold. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, she was in this, like, I'm always second, like, I'm never first, like, I'm doomed to, like, not be good enough. Um, and so that was what was going over her head, and she was, like, training, and she was literally on top of the balance beam, and she's like, I'm supposed to be second. God is supposed to be first. Like, I'm supposed to be following what he's doing. And as we talked about Jonathan, like, the things that she says in that story are so true of this still, and it, I don't, I don't know, I think it's true in all of our lives, like, we think, am I really just, does God really just want me here? Like, is this it? Like, do, am I doomed to be second? Am I doomed to not be as pretty, not be as fit, not be as successful, not be as whatever? Um, and Allie's showing us how wonderful it is to choose to be second, willingly, because she's right. Jonathan played a huge role in David's success, right? And maybe Jonathan didn't feel that. Maybe he didn't know, but maybe he did. Maybe he talked with the Lord, and he had faith in the Lord, and he trusted the Lord, and he was happy to be second. And I think that's, I don't know if you're going to say this in a second, but I think it's such an important place that we forget, right? Because if you go on and you lead some giant evangelistic thing, and you're super great, and you're this awesome teacher, someone's behind you helping you get there. Right? Or someone is, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it correctly, but... It's not a one-man show. It's not a one-man show, and, right? Some of I, so, something I have learned about myself in the past several years is I am a super amazing, fantastic number two. I am an awesome number two. You need somebody to write on the board? Got it. You need somebody to print <laughs> things out? Got it. You need somebody to color code? You're, I can do it. Um, but I think it's something that we forget that it's okay to be a really, really good follower and a really, really good supporter, not just a great leader, right? Because you go, you go to conferences to be a great leader and you learn stuff about being leaders and we forget how important our role is as followers, first and foremost, of Christ, but of each other too, you know? And mm-hmm. I just think it's one of the super important things that we say. <laughs> That was the main point. <laughs> okay. Oh, you stole. No, that's great. <laughs> Sorry. No, that was awesome. Um, okay, so sometimes you'd be second, Allie. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly what I've been trying to get across. So I'm grateful that you that you picked up on that. Um, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're gonna kind of go like recap some of the key points. Uh, so number one, I think that most important in their relationship was that the Lord was present. This is like the consistency that you see in their lives. Um, and again, I'm not trying to put down you know any friendships that you might have with an unbeliever, but I do think that when the Lord is present in your friendships, your friendships are going to be more everlasting, more eternal, more consistent, more... Um, as we'll look later, more servant-like, more, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna be that way because the God that you serve is that way. Um, 
Okay, so number two, having known the Lord, both men were content to accept their responsibilities in God's timeline. Uh, neither man, again, like Jonathan never said, as to my knowledge, I don't know, in his personal walk with the Lord, he never said um, in the Bible, why am I not going to be king? Or how, how dare David take this position from me? Um, in fact, he said, what has he done wrong? Um, you know, he's, he's a godly man. Why am I not allowed to support him? Um, and so they were both friends of the Lord, and they also, because of that, accepted the, um, the roles that the Lord gave them. And then number three, Jonathan proves this by giving everything that he has to David. Um, so we have proof of, you know, what, what they believe by action. Um, and a lot of times in friendship, that's really important that you, if you're going to say, like, if I made a commitment to Hannah that I was going to be her friend and that we were going to be really close friends and that I wanted to walk through life with her, but then I chose not to be her friend in a moment, and I chose to make fun of her, to put her down, to decide that I wanted something more than I wanted to give her something, then that kind of over time proves that you're not really being a great friend to them. So, um, number four, David returns this friendship by honoring, uh, I didn't mention this, but he honors Jonathan's request um, that David cares for his remaining family. So Jonathan has, it seems almost as though he knows that there's a very good chance that he will not survive the wars, that he will not um, be able to, to walk through life with David after all of this experience. Um, and so he actually makes a request to David that when he dies, that David would take care of all of his remaining family. And so when Jonathan dies, his son, his five-year-old son, is running away with the maid or something like that. And sorry, that just sounds like a nursery rhyme. Um, <laughs> and he trips and falls, and he actually becomes lame in both of his legs. And so at that point, if a man is lame in both of his legs, you can't you can't do much. Um, and so David actually takes him into his home, puts him at his table, and treats him as a son. Um, and so you see that their friendship, you know, even after Jonathan dies, is reciprocated by David um, with an act of, of service towards his family. Um, and so not only does it go this way, but it also goes back this way, even after Jonathan's dead. Um, all right, that, all that said, uh, it leads me to this one question. As we look through this, look at this friendship. I don't, I mean, I tried to look through my friendships um, and kind of ask this question, is where, where does this servant heart of Jonathan's come from, you know? Doesn't he seem kind of, like, amazing? Like, the, the way that he's able to serve his friend and give everything that he has, where does that heart come from? Is it something he was just blessed with at birth? Like God just made him more servant-like? Is it because he didn't want to be king? Sometimes we don't want to lead, right? But there is a part of us that does want to be remembered, too, right? So there's a part of us that feels the pressure to be excellent or to succeed or to make a name for ourselves. Or uh, maybe we don't want to lead. I've been in this position, but I see someone else leading, and I think they're doing something right. Shouldn't I be doing that? Uh, like you were saying, Andrea. Um, so where where does this like servant heart, this uh, total acceptance of his number two status come from? Where do you think? I guess that's an open question. I feel like it's like partially like from his like 
love for God, like sin of God, but also like for so like for his love from his love for David. So like mm-hmm. I have both. Mm-hmm. Like he was he got like the strength from God to do it, but he loved David enough to use that strength for him. That's a really good point. Yeah. Sometimes I think we can really want to serve the Lord, but forget that part of serving the Lord is serving others first. Mm-hmm. Well that just might have been something that he got it right like some some people just don't that doesn't click for several years it doesn't click for a really long time and if he died when he was 30 that clicked super early right like it made sense and he just got it yeah, i'm not sure what age he was when he actually died but he would have been probably pretty young, probably young. Yeah. um all right who wants to read matthew 20 28 anybody anybody I turned right to Matthew 20. All right, that's you. Matthew 20, <laughs> wait, Matthew 20, 28. Yes. Julia, will you read John 13, 14 through 17? Mm-hmm. Maddie just looked at me like, if you picked me, I'd be really bad. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Maddie, will you do Matthew 20, 16? You're already probably almost there. <laughs> I, wasn't, yeah, I wasn't sure what that look was. <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead, Macy. Okay. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Go ahead, Julia. Yep. And if, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. But I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. I love these verses. They're so simple, right? The concept is simple. Actually putting it into action, not quite so simple, right? Um, but especially John 13, 14 through 17, I like how it ends with those of you who do this are blessed. Those of you who put your friend before yourself, who serve me and not yourself, are blessed. Um, and that's one of the greatest promises I think God provides us is that, that you know, Jonathan was blessed. Uh, he had a relationship with the Lord that many people probably, I mean, most people at that time did not have. Um, and that in itself is a blessing. So, I don't know, it's, that's kind of a word of encouragement to me as I read these passages and try to, I mean, it kind of feels like a, a battle to try to figure out how you can become more like this, but to know that, that the Lord is going to be with you and that he's going to actually bless you through that work is encouraging. Um, any other thoughts on that? Uh, I just wanted to read something I wrote. It says, this is... Uh, you know, this nature of, of servant friendship is the nature of the very Messiah that would come from the line of King David. And I said, how wonderful is it to ponder the will of the Lord that the service of one man to another would result in the continuation of prophecy that would lead to the life of Jesus Christ, the greatest, most sacrificial servant of all, our Redeemer and friend. Um, so I feel like that just kind of wraps it up. like two in the morning (laughs) but I just I actually could not fall asleep last night thinking about this and trying to figure out what I was supposed to say and I don't think it's a complex message I really don't 
I think I could sit here and try to say the same thing over and over again, and I'm just going to, you know, the, the Holy Spirit's just going to say, you know, be like Jesus. Be like the one who gave his life for you. Um, and Jesus is not different than God. You know, they are two different things. They're two different entities, but they're also one. And so when we look at the life of Jesus, that's also the heart of God. And so how did they, how did they act like Jesus before Jesus was even born? Because God is Jesus, you know, God is the, also the characteristics, the love, the servanthood, the, the mercy that God shows, the patience that God shows. Those are all qualities that you see in Jesus. Um, and so that's how they were able to act like the Messiah um, towards one another. And that's what we're called to do. So that's really all I have for us. But any other thoughts? I think that serving others is like not our first desire. Not the default. Yeah. Or what can people do for me? Yeah, how can, yeah, yeah. I think it's like a fight to stay in second place. I think you have to fight hard to. It's like you have to pace yourself to like stay with the people, but like not yeah. pass them. Like, the line is so bad in that. Like, whatever you're taking a test and you're done, but you wait for someone to go turn in. Yep. You, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also think this type of friendship that we're talking about. So extremely hard, and I don't. Know, I, I don't. I don't want to say this and sound super arrogant, but David and I have a friendship like this, right? Where it's give and take, and where it's I support you, you support me, and I, you know, that 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 sort of thing. But I don't know if I have that with someone who's not who I'm not married to, you know. And so I wonder. Did well. Well, like like what you said, where did Jonathan's? Where did this heart come from? Right. So did he just know that that's who he needed to be, or you know, or maybe I've just had all the wrong friends, and it just it just hasn't been that way. But well, yeah. the spirit of the Lord was very much in David, uh, and he was very close to the Lord, and the Lord had great plans for him. So that is a factor, mm-hmm. and they knit. They knit their souls together, I guess, is what it says. So they did have a very close relationship. Very close. Yeah. So that is a factor. Okay. When you're contemplating how hard it is, how were they so close? Mm-hmm. They loved each other a lot. <laughs> um, so you may not have, it may be hard um, to have that kind of relationship with yeah. any person off the street. I don't know that it would, but, but that's part of just getting to know people. It is hard to show this sacrificial kind of love to someone that you're not willing to give the time and effort to get to know. Right. And that you're not well, and wanting like, the same with the spirit. And like looking at or looking at talking about their friendship, it's it's the friendship you want to have with everyone. Right? Yeah. It's the one I want with like you guys as my sisters in law and you know, you like all of you, right? It's the one that you want to have with everyone. But then if you really look at it you're like, huh, guess we don't really match that, you know? I don't know, I think, I, I don't know, when it, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, whew, I'm not a really great friend. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're a good friend. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, would be, it would be impossible to have a friendship with, like, with every person. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, there's a, it's impossible. You wouldn't have enough love for yourself to give. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but I guess that's my point. Aren't we 
so I heard a quote, something something about like, like I'm losing myself in everything I'm doing or whatever, and then someone's like, that's what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. when you give your life to the Lord. So I don't know. So if, if I give everything to my friends, if I give, if I serve so much, if I do all that and there's nothing left of me, is that good? Mm. You know, but like not to a point of like mental and physical exhaustion where I can't function as a human. But like, right. I think if the Lord is know. calling you to give, if He's if He's put it on your heart, I think that it'll feel good. Like you said, it'll, you'll be blessed in it. And so, I I think it kind of depends on what the Lord is wanting you to do. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think it also depends on where you're getting your <clears throat> your strength and fulfillment from. Because like the Lord can like even if you feel like. There's not a single person in my life right now that I would share like my soul with, that I would like, mm-hmm. you know, like who understands me and knows me and wants to know me. Yeah. And that you're like, but I'm trying so hard to do that for others. It's like, okay, maybe right now that's the case, but the Lord is my everything. Like He knows everything about me, yeah. and I can find so much joy in that and still pour out everything to others mm-hmm. without feeling the need to be known by others because the Lord knows me fully. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that can give you because we should definitely pray for friendships like that. But sometimes it's, there's seasons where that just isn't happening. Yeah. And I think those are seasons that we can just be like, okay, the Lord is enough for me. Like, he's my best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something I was talking to someone the other day about is that if you're not getting that friendship, then the desire to have those friends should not supersede the desire for your friendship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And in fact... That's a good one, in fact having a relationship with the Lord is probably going to help you make friends with other people and have friendships that have those qualities because those qualities um, you can have those in friends who are not with the Lord but they're going to be magnified when you're with someone who loves the Lord and so if you're going to be that person to someone else you're going to I mean that's going to be awesome you could be that person that's living close with the Lord. So, yeah. Any other thoughts before we wrap up? I do want to pray over this, um, that we would just be mindful of it, so we'll go ahead and pray. All right. Uh, Lord, um, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just be with us today, um, and as we move forward, that you would just help us to be mindful of how we are acting as friends. Um, you know, what is our heart's mindset when we enter into a friendship, and with those that uh, those friendships that we already have, um, that you would just kind of uh, work on our hearts and uh, tweak them where they need to be tweaked, and uh, uh, that we would be able to see more plainly the things that we could do to grow um, in our friendships, but that also first and foremost we would pursue you um, and that we would see uh, the the comfort and the grace that you provide to us that that we can even be a good friend in the first place. Um, Lord, that that we would just, you know, be filled with joy in remembering what you did for us on the cross um, and and how all of that was um, prophecy fulfilled. Lord, again, thank you so much for who you are. Uh, I pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Allie, you're a great teacher. It's really fun. You teach very similarly to Nana, I think. I've been meeting with her, so that might be why.